ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode three of my podcast, Aussie Talks. My name is Jordan, and I'm very excited to get into episode three here as we're going to speak about a lot of different things here, everything from the incredible Australian Open final last night, or actually this morning, and also speaking about um, a more serious issue with what happened with Mason Greenwood overnight, and also having a look back at my big call, which failed for episode one who those to remember and also making another one we've also got a few more segments in there as well before we get underway i'd like to thank everybody again for the support i've received on this podcast only two episodes in and uh yeah it's been really good to get some good feedback on it there was meant to be a podcast that went out yesterday i recorded it with two of my mates but unfortunately we've had some serious audio issues meaning that the podcast could not be uploaded but not to worry that podcast with my two mates which will named unnamed which will remain unnamed at the moment will still come at a later date but without further ado let's get into our first segment of today's podcast and that is the incredible australian open final which saw rafael nadal break the record of 21 grand slam titles it's 21 for rafa and he stands alone at the summit of now, tennis. Now, I stayed up until probably 1.30 last night watching the speeches of the Australian Open. And, you know, it was an incredible tennis match. I haven't watched too many in my lifetime. I was able to watch the 2019 Wimbledon final. I watched the 2017 Australian Open final with Federer and Nadal. This final with Nadal and Medvedev could quite possibly be the greatest tennis match I've ever watched. And it probably is. I picked it up probably halfway through the second set. I couldn't watch the first set because I was out. But it was something that I thought was going to be over in three sets. I thought Nadal was out of it. He had a bit of a fight with that tiebreaker in the second, but uh, I think I saw a thing in the third set. Medvedev was three games to two up, and he had three break points. And just from there, it flipped. Nadal had to work his ass off to earn every single point. There was no easy points against Medvedev. And then although I don't like the bloke, he put in an incredible performance last night. But in the end, he probably cost himself, and I'll get into that in just a minute. But I want to focus on Nadal's performance and his ability to win the crucial points. And that's where I think it changed. He had to fight his ass off to win, to keep serve. I don't think I've ever seen a guy who's had to work so hard to keep serve. Medvedev's first serve, I think he had like 25 aces or something compared to Nadal's three or four. But it just showed the difference in their styles with Nadal obviously getting the amount of spin on the ball and Medvedev just his pure power. But Nadal's performance last night, I think there was one shot he played off the... Uh, off balance over the back of his head that landed just across from Medvedev. It was one of the best shots I've seen. And look, he went to another level and I sort of I sort of knew when it went into the fifth set that Nadal would probably win. Um, that fourth set was in incredibly competitive. Uh, I think there was one game that lasted for about 14 minutes, several juices. Um, but yeah, it was a fifth and sixth game of the fourth and fifth set, which really turned the tide. But, you know, um, full credit to Rafael Nadal. He's he, uh, obviously broken the record with 21 Grand Slam titles. He's no Roger Federer. Or in uh, in my books, I still think Federer is the greatest tennis player of all time, but fair play to Rafa. But now I want to get on to my fan favorite, not really, Medvedev, basically the villain of tennis, and he embraces the role. 
he played an incredible match last night, but he ended up costing the match for himself, in my opinion. Midway through the third set, he started to complain about the ball boys. Who complains about the ball boys? Seriously, like, you reckon in a Grand Slam title you'd be more focused on, you know, you may have a go at an umpire or go at yourself or even your opponent just to rev yourself up a little bit, but the ball boys? I said at the time, if Nadal was able to win the third set, he'd be able to get on top of Medvedev mentally, and he did. Medvedev was trying to find something else to blame as opposed to himself, and in the end, it ultimately cost him. You know, they were so focused, the commentators, on the pickle juice and everything he was having, but I really think that Medvedev cost Medvedev last night. You know, he had opportunities, he had break points um, in the third, fourth, and fifth set um, that could have, you know, turned the tide and probably got gotten over Nadal, but... Yeah, it was just his return off Rafa's serves was, was sometimes not great and some of his shots when he approached the net. But, yeah, I think he ended up costing himself there. But, you know, fair play to him. Um, you obviously heard my segment the other week when he played Curios, um, and I sort of cracked it a bit of how it was going at the fans. But I think at the end of the day, he's ended up costing himself and it's sort of come full circle in a way, which is a bit funny. Um, for anyone who watched the speeches, though, he looked like the Joker in the back when Nadal was speaking. So, look, he's a young guy. He'll probably, you know, win a few Grand Slams in his, his lifetime. He's still got a... a lot of a very bright future ahead of him but i was uh yeah to say i was pumped up when nadal won would uh be an understatement Now I want to do a quick segment on cricket and for a lot of my listeners they'd be thinking, oh, you'd be reviewing the BBL final. No, because the fact is I could not give a rat's ass about the BBL final. I'm talking about the women's Ashes test match with happen, which happened yesterday. Brilliant finish. England were chasing a record run chase, 250-odd. Um they were three for 218 and cruising. They needed about 40 off the last 10 overs or so um, and looked set. They proceeded to collapse, much like the men's England team did in the recent Ashes series, and lost six wickets for 18 runs. Um, and the state of play was with about three overs left, they needed 14 runs and they had two wickets in hand. Now, a bit of a nitpick from me. It ended up being a draw, came down to the last ball, you know, um, much like the SCG test in terms of Australia needing one wicket to win. Um, and it, the, with how the point system works and everything and for the bit different for the women's ashes, if England had a lost the test match, Australia would have won the series. So that explains why England decided to play for the draw. But I was extremely disappointed as a fan that they decided to play not to lose. They had one wickets in hand. They needed 12 runs off the last or 13 runs off the last two overs. Now, I believe the second last over was, you know, they, they blocked it out. You know, waved it a few outside off stump, didn't try anything. But here comes a leg spinner. You needed 12, I believe. 12 off the last over to win. It's a leg spinner on a small ground. Take it on. Give it a shot. You go. You got a chance to go down in the history books. You know, the commentators are saying, oh, the tail enders of England, they really like to hit the ball hard. They got two half volleys outside off stump. I reckon they could have at least hit one for six. I thought it was going to be a brilliant play. I thought it was all a decoy. 
You know, they blocked the first few. They brought the field in. Here we go. She's going to hit two sixes and win the game. Obviously, I wanted Australia to win. But, you know, a draw. No one's going to remember this. You play not to you play not to lose, and it would have been hilarious if they had have ended up losing England like this because, you know, when you play like this, for me, it's a bit like at the end of Test matches when you know they got to survive, or you know during you know two hours left and they don't start running between wickets. Um, well, there's nothing that can be done. Every team does it. Just doesn't sit right with me. Even when Australia do it, um, it didn't sit me right. Uh, didn't sit with me right when India did it. Um, and you know England were playing way too conservatively. Conservatively for my liking and. Uh, yeah, they had an opportunity to write their name in the history books, but they decided to play it safe, which really disappointed me, and I reckon disappointed a lot of the fans who uh, were watching because it was a very, very good test match. All right, it is time for a fan favourite segment. As much as a fan favourite segment can be after two episodes, it is time for Jordan's Big Call. a big call I must admit defeat my big call of Tissipas winning the Australian Open obviously did not come true he lost in the semi-final to Medvedev so I'm 0 for 1 in my big call so far which is not a great start but that is not going to deter me from making another big call and this call on this prediction big call is going to infuriate I can't say that word, is going to piss off a lot of my viewers. I know a lot of soccer fans out there. But I'm going to make the call with my Liverpool football club signing Luis Diaz, with getting Mane and Salah back from the the, um, African Nations tournament. I'm going to make the call that Liverpool Football Club are going to win the Premier League. Yes, a team that is currently nine points behind Man City at the top with one game in hand. I am saying they are going to win the Premier League. And I don't even think it's that big of a call, to be honest. Liverpool, with one game in hand, if they win that game, it gets them to six points behind City. We play City again. Sure, it's at the Etihad, but we've won there before. We beat City again there. It gets it to three points. Our goal difference is bugger all between us for 41 and 39. Man City, they haven't been affected by COVID. Now, I know the rules have slightly changed, but compared to a lot of other clubs, they've been pretty lucky. There's always a patch for Man City. Every season they do it, even the ones where they've run away with it, there's always a patch of two or three games where they drop points. They dropped points the other day to Southampton, I believe. So that is why I'm making this call with a fair bit of confidence that Liverpool will beat Man City in the Premier League race and signing Luis Diaz overnight will make a big difference to this. So Liverpool will win the Premier League. Moving on now to a much more serious subject. I'd like to speak about what has happened over the last 24 hours in the world of international soccer. Uh, We've seen with what's happened with Mason Greenwood, for anyone who's unaware. Uh, I don't even feel like I need to explain it on here. Literally just go online and have a look what's happened. Um... It was a shock to me when I first saw it. He seemed, you know, a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid who, uh, you know, seemed to have his head on straight. But when uh, you don't learn lessons and you're given the world and given all this fame, you think that you'd be too big for your boots and you, you know, 
just do really, really dumb and stupid things like he's done and there's consequences for his actions and he obviously thought he could just get away with it and obviously it's a legal issue so everything that I'm going to say here is that um, obviously he's allegedly um, domestically abused his ex-girlfriend allegedly um, done some other things but I suppose it is innocent until proven guilty but he's about as guilty as uh, OJ Simpson was so you know it's I think Mark Goldbridge said it best. Um, anyone wants to go have a look at what he said about it. You know, when you get these young guys, they think they can do whatever they want. And when I saw it, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. And, uh, yeah, it's a real shame because, you know, a lot of kids obviously would look up to him in England and being a big Man United star, a very good player. Um, you know, he'll never play soccer again if, if proven guilty and I think a mate of mine said he's a, he's a disgrace to football and even I said he's a disgrace to society to be honest um, if he is proven guilty because this stuff this transcends sport this goes higher than you know any professional rivalry or anything like that this is this is human beings and what he's done is just not good enough and you know throw the book at him and that's what they need to do it's yeah it's a real shame that's happened and yeah, I just wanted to put my thoughts on it um, and get it out there because, yeah, it's just it's not a good look for for anyone, to be honest. Now, I had not planned on doing this segment. This is a very spontaneous segment, and this is what I would like to call, I haven't even thought of a name, just me ranting, all right? So I'm just going to call it rant time. I am having a very bad day. I am in no mood. This, today, is one of the worst days that I've had in a long time. I'm not in the mood to play with anybody. Now, I am a big 49ers fan, and for anyone who's got any idea about the NFL, today we lost after having a 17-7 lead against the Rams in the NFC Championship game, which we would have, if we had a one, would have got us to the Super Bowl. Now, for this segment of rant time, I'm going to put a minute on the clock, and I'm going to rant for a minute to try and get my anger out and also provide some enjoyment and hopefully some laughter to the viewers, even if you are not a big fan of the NFL. So the clock is starting in 3, 2, 1. It has now started, and as it starts, I want to make the call that Kyle Shanahan is arguably the biggest choker in terms of head coaching, in terms of offense coordinator, whatever, in the history of the NFL. He was the offensive coordinator when the Atlanta Falcons lost 28-3 to the Tom Brady-led Patriots. 2020 Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs could have ended the dominance before it even started. 20-10 up with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. We don't run the ball. So what do we do today? 17-7 up. Oh, we're looking good. You know, I'm starting to talk to my friends. We're like, yes, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. You know, and then he... Doesn't run the ball. Last two sets, we did not get one first down. And don't even get me started on the defense. Tart. Anyone who knows anything, you don't even you don't even need to know anything about the NFL. Go on YouTube and search up 49ers dropped interception. You, yes, I'm talking to you, the viewer right now. You could have caught that interception with prescription glasses that don't work and two hands tied behind the back. Yes, you would have caught it with no hands. That's how rubbish, and there's the time expired, that's how rubbish the 49ers were and a massive choke, and this is why I'm doing this segment, because I spent the last hour and a half ranting, swearing, putting choice words. So we should be in the Super Bowl, and these Rams... Ah!
that is the end of episode three of Aussie Talks. Today was a very good episode, I feel. We looked at some sporting topics from the Australian Open final, the Ashes um, for the women and England playing not to lose. We also looked at a pretty serious issue with the Mason Greenwood saga, along with rant time, which has actually made me quite zen and uh, at peace with myself, despite the fact that we're not going to the Super Bowl. But I've got some very good things lined up in the future for this podcast i'm going to have some guests on it next episode um apologies for um what happened with episode two of the podcast there's a segment called my top three which did not appear for some reason uh on spotify for the first two days of the podcast being out that's why there was a bit of silence between minutes 16 and 17 so it is fixed now if you want to go give it a listen um there would have been a podcast out yesterday with two of my mates um as i mentioned earlier but that obviously isn't um that couldn't work because of the audio and i apologize for that but we will get those guests on again and we will uh have an episode with them so that's uh it's very exciting for the next few episodes of this podcast thank you once again for listening to this podcast and until next time next time guys take care cheers